Today we are starting our series called God Is. And the title of my message is God Is Protector. God Is Protector. And today I want to look at the life of Daniel. And to give you some background on Daniel, is uh, Daniel was a man of God who uh, was captured by the Babylonians. He was held captive. Um, and so he basically was a slave to them. But as a slave, again, he served God and he loved God. God really granted him favor with the king. God used him to interpret uh, some dreams for the king. You just see God's hand upon Daniel's life. And to the point where uh, the king found so much favor with Daniel that, that he promoted Daniel to be the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And, and that's pretty good going from slave, captive to now the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Well, needless to say, when the king did that, the king had some advisors and governors and some administrators that I'm sure they wanted to be the the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And so they weren't too fond of Daniel and the position he had taken. They had become jealous. They would have what one of my friends used to say in college. uh, They started drinking some haterade. All right. They started Hating on Daniel. They were jealous of, 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 of how he's been promoted and, and all this stuff. So they thought, you know, what can we do to get this guy? What can we do to get back at him? And so they knew that he loved God and he worshiped God every day. And so they went to the king and they said, hey, king, you're a great and awesome king. You're such an amazing king that you should just make a law that for 30 days only you can be worshipped. Nobody else, only you can be worshipped because you're so amazing. And the king's like... Yeah, I'm pretty amazing. I like that. Let's let's do it. Let's make that law. And so they put this law, this decree into effect that for 30 days, only the king could be worshipped. And if anybody broke this law, if they worshipped anybody else but the king, their sentence was to be thrown into the lion's den. And so, of course, they, they, they set this up because they knew Daniel was a man of God. And, of course, Daniel continued to, to worship God and, and to serve God. And so once the, the law was in place, these, these sat raps, these administrators, these, these, these haters went and they, they, they found Daniel. Of course, they found him praying. And so they went and told the king, hey, king, Daniel, he was praying, he was worshiping God. He wasn't worshiping you. And, and the king was kind of heavy hearted with this because he, he, he liked Daniel. Again, he had promoted Daniel, but he had, a law was a law. And he had to uphold the law. And so with a heavy heart, he sent his guards to go get Daniel to take him to the lion's den. They get him. They they throw Daniel into the lion's den. And this is where we pick up Daniel chapter 6, verse 19 through 23. It says, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, who you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions. Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. This is an amazing story of God's protection, where we see God as the protector. And I really want to focus on Daniel. What are some things that Daniel did, part of his lifestyle, steps he took that led to his protection? And the first step is this, is Daniel continued to obey God in the midst of his problem. Daniel continued 
to obey God in the midst of his problem. Daniel 6, verse 7 through 9. It says the royal administrators, the prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. So here is this decree. Daniel knows this. It says for 30 days you are to worship the king and no other gods. But Daniel also knew Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 6, part of the Ten Commandments, where God says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children from the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The decree has been set, but Daniel knows God's decree and God's law. And then in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, after hearing this, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Daniel follows God's instructions to not worship any other gods or idols. As a matter of fact, he had been following that. His obedience during and before his problem is one of the reasons that God protects him in the lion's den. And, and I really want to make an important point out of how he continued to obey God. So he was already obeying God. He was already serving God. He was already living for God. And the importance of this is, is this, is simple obedience to God can protect us. Simple obedience to God can protect us. See, we can have preventative protection just by obeying God and following his instructions. The Bible says don't steal and don't lie. That by following those instructions we protect our integrity. It says don't murder. It says do not commit adultery. That protects our marriage. It says do not get drunk. It says obey the laws of the land. These instructions can protect our finances so we don't get hit up with that $150 speeding ticket. You, you know what I mean? Like, like God is into protecting us and so he has provided us instructions through his Bible, through his word, because he loves us and he wants to protect us. He wants to protect us from sin, from the devil. And how many know God even wants to protect us from ourselves? How many of you honest with us? Sometimes I need God just to protect me from me. You know, I, I know I do. And so he wants to protect us. He wants to protect our futures, our families, our marriages, our health, our finances, our relationships, our integrity. He wants to protect us. God is into preventative protection. And he can protect us from a lot just by us simply obeying him. Like I told you, in times in life in my past and even today, I, I need God to protect me from me. And uh, shortly after I'd given my life to Christ, I became a youth leader in my uh, youth ministry that I was attending. I was, I was, you know, 19 years old, so I was older. So, you know, I, I got in a leadership role and, 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 you know, I loved the kids. Don't get me wrong. I loved them. I did my best. But, I, you know, I still had some issues. I still not needed God to protect me from myself in some areas. And one day we went on a, a trip. We went to a hockey game. And uh, we went to this hockey game. There was maybe 20, 30 students, something like that. And I was one of the leaders, you know, one of the responsible ones, loving the kids, hanging out with them, you know, watching them, making sure everything's cool. And, and so we get to the game, we're watching it, and there's 
a young lady. She actually only been coming to the youth ministry a few times, and she thought it'd be funny to throw ice at some of the kids. You know, she was sitting up higher, and she was throwing ice, and, and she was kind of being rude about it. You know, it wasn't like, you know, she'd throw it and then like, oh, you know, it was me. You know, she was kind of like turning her head like she wasn't doing it, and, you know, and then she was up there snickering and laughing with her friends. And so, of course, I'm the youth leader. I'm the responsible adult, and so, you know, I need to do something here. And so I thought to myself, hmm, what can I do to teach her a lesson? Or she will never throw ice at kids again or try to bully them. And I wish I could say that I went up to her in love and said, hey, look, that's not cool. You know, will you please stop throwing ice? But no, no, I thought, what can I do to teach her a lesson? And so I don't know why, but in my mind, I thought this would be the best way. I went to the concessions, got me a big old cup of ice, <laughs> came back. And I wish I could tell you I was going to make it a joke. But no, I was like, mm-hmm, I'm going to teach her. Uh-huh. Throw another piece of ice. I, I mean, I wanted her to throw another piece of ice. That's not kind of how bad it was. I, I was like, oh, please, please throw another piece of ice. So I'm sitting there with my cup, and there was that piece of ice. It came falling down. I turned around. Boom, boom. Just start pegging her. Yeah, how do you like it, huh? You like it? You like getting ice thrown at you? Uh, uh. No, you don't like it, do you? Uh, stop throwing ice at people. I thought, well, I'm a good youth leader. No. No, I know my youth pastor was like, what? And I, and I, I mean, I just, I need to be protected from myself. You know, I was, I was always into that kind of tough love mentality. Oh, you want to throw ice at people? Why don't you see what it feels like when ice is thrown at you? But can I tell you, because I didn't follow some simple instructions from God, like be kind, be gentle, be loving, be slow to anger. Be self-controlled. You know, I wasn't following some of these simple instructions. My actions caused some damage. It damaged my character. It, it damaged my influence. It, it damaged my ability to minister. Again, she had just become like once or twice. Guess what? After that, she didn't come back again. And I mean, I, mean, I did some damage there. I mean, I not only did damage to myself, I did, I did damage to her. I did damage to other students that saw this. I hurt my relationship with students. I, I did damage to my relationship with my youth pastor and the trust that he had in me. And I did not protect myself. I, I really hurt myself. And I could have been protected from all of that if I would have simply just obeyed some of God's simple instructions. I could have obeyed myself from the hurt, from the shame. I could have protected myself from hurting someone else and, and a young lady not coming back to our youth ministry. See, there is preventative protection. From simply obeying God. But then at other times, life just goes wrong. And that's where Daniel is. Daniel has obeyed God. He's followed his instructions. He's living for him. He is honoring him. But he's just in a tough situation. His life is being threatened. He has no control over the king. Uh, and, he, and he's obeyed God. But he still faces this problem. But notice, he doesn't run. He continues to obey God. He goes to his room with the windows open. And praise. See, sometimes we face a threatening situation and it's enough to cause us just to quit. God, I'm done. Or we look to other options or, or we start doing things our own way. See, for me, as soon as I would have heard that I was going to get thrown into the lion's den, I, I would have been looking for another king to serve. <laughs> God, God, I'll go be slave for another king. I don't need to be the third ruler. I'll go clean the toilets. I'd rather do anything to get thrown over there. With the line. Yeah, I would have been looking for another place to go. I would have been looking for another king to serve. And if that wouldn't have worked, I might have just quit. God, you didn't tell me about lions. 
You know, I love you. I want to serve you. But if you would have told me about lions, I don't think I would have signed up for this thing. So, look, peace, we've done our thing. It worked out well. I'm going to go do something else now. I'm not trying to mess with lions. Or at least take a break for 30 days. You know what I mean? It's just 30 days. God, I love you for 30 days. I can't. God, after that 30 days, I will run, run to you, oh God. Over 30 days, we got to take a break. We got to take a break. Lions. You didn't tell me that. Daniel did not do either of these things. He continues to obey God like he was before the threat even came. He stayed on the narrow path and God protects him from the lions. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7 through 8. It says he holds victory. God, he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Just by obeying God, he protects us. And so we must obey him. Obey him now, obey him before, and obey him during the threat or the problem. The second step we can learn from Daniel is Daniel looks to God for direction. Daniel looks to God for the direct direction. The decree has been made. Daniel goes to pray. The haters coming, looking. They find him. They catch him. And this is what they find in Daniel chapter 6, verse 11. It says, then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. When the decree was made, Daniel knew his life was in danger. But he was not going to worship the king. He knew that. And so he immediately went to God. He went to his room and he asked God for help and for direction. Notice, he doesn't negotiate with the king. Like, him and the king are cool. The king has promoted him the third highest ruler in the kingdom. He could have been like, oh, hey, king, hey, let me, let me just holler at you real quick here. You know that little decree, you know, those guys are just hating, they're mad, they're jealous. You know, and that's why they're putting that, because they want to get me, and I know you like me, so can you just make an exception for me? And I'm sure the king could have been like, oh, yeah, Daniel, you're, man, you are awesome. You've interpreted my dreams. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that exception. I'm sure he could have done that. But he doesn't do that. He didn't go run into his friends and say, hey, yo, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, we got to go. There is a lion. They're going to throw me in there. Yo, we got to cut out, man. No, he doesn't run to his friends. He doesn't take matter in those hands, you know, trying to make like some poison to put in the lion's water or, you know, maybe create a shank and hope by some chance he can kill the lion. It's not going to happen. But he doesn't take matter into his own hands. No, instead he goes to his room and prays. He looks to God. See, the problem is sometimes God is the last source we look to for protection. Sometimes God is the last source we look, for to protect, look to for protection. Sometimes we look to friends, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, or a wife. I know for me, if I'm feeling threatened, there's a problem. It just helps me just to snuggle with my baby. Oh, maybe it'll go away. I just hold me. Hold me, baby. You know, it just, just makes us. And, and, and those things aren't wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's, you know, it's good to go to, to friends and, and, and to a wife or, or to a spouse or to, or to a husband. But can I tell you, none of them can calm a storm. None of them can speak to the wind and to the storm and just make it become calm. Only God can do that. Some of us, we look to drugs and alcohol. We just want to forget about the issue, the threat. If I'm not dealing with it, if I'm not in my right mind, I don't have to face it. Maybe it'll just go away when I wake up. And 
It's still there. We go to those things. We look to them. We think they're going to protect us. They kind of ease us. They kind of make us feel good for the moment. But they don't bring ultimate protection. Only God does. Or some of us, we just lift weights. I'll protect myself. You want some of this? Ah. You know, we just watch, take matters into my own hands. You know, and or we lift weights or play basketball to get our minds off things again. You know, I just need to get away. Or, or ladies, we go shopping. Well, who if I just had those new shoes? That those shoes would take care of it all. That new dress, that God bless this dress, just make all my problems go away when I wear this dress. Protect me. We do things like that, or oh, Doctor Phil, where's Doctor Phil? Doctor Phil can protect me. Oprah, Oprah, hook, hook me up. I know you can protect me. You can even give me some free chicken. Oh no, you can't. Oops. You almost got hurt asking for some free chicken with Oprah. We look everywhere and anywhere and we forget the one source who can bring true protection, who can bring true rest and true peace, which is God. The other problem is when we look to our own wisdom. See, if I'm in Daniel's shoes, I'm smart enough to know if the lions are that way, I'm going this way. And it doesn't take a, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. If the lions are this way, I'm going all the way over that way, I want to go to a lion. God, I don't need your help on this one. There's no need for me to go into a lion's den. I'm going all the way over here. But see, here's the problem with our own wisdom, because even as wise and as smart as we may think we are, none of us know the beginning from the end. None of us are all-knowing. None of us are. So that's why we need to look to God, doesn't matter how scared we are, doesn't matter how much sense it does, we have to look to Him for His direction because He knows the beginning from the end. He is all knowing. Check this. If Daniel would have walked away from God, he would have been stepping out of God's hand of protection, which is worse than going into a lion's den with God's protection. Let me say that again. If Daniel would have disobeyed God, he would have walked away from God's direction, what God shared with him. He would have been stepping out of his hand of protection, which is worse than going into a den with some lions with God's protection. Proverbs 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. God is the strong tower. God is the protector. And if we will look to him, if we will run to him, if we will come to him, we will be safe. He's the one we should look to. He's the one that we should come to because he wants to protect us. And so he'll give us direction. Even if it doesn't make sense, we got to follow it and he'll protect us. I mentioned earlier how God wants to protect our marriages and our relationships. And when I had gave my life to Jesus Christ, I decided I wasn't going to date until, you know, I, or when I was going to date, it was going to be to somebody I thought I could potentially marry. I didn't want to do the dating game. I didn't want to go through the pain, the heartache of breakups and the drama. I, I didn't want to go through all of that. I didn't want to date just to date. I said, look, the next person I date, that's the person that I could potentially marry. And so I waited about three years and Jamie, who was like my little sister, had, uh, well, she had kind of grown up on me and uh, looking pretty good, caught my eye. Little sister turned into this beautiful young woman and she was loving Jesus. And we were hanging out and flirting and people were like, oh, man, y'all should date. And uh, yeah, we should. And, and, and we started talking and flirting. And, and I, so I started to pray like, God, is this 
You know, is this the one? Is this who I could potentially marry? Is this who you want me to be with? And I was praying and I was feeling good and I was asking people, getting counsel. Hey, what do you think? They're like, you know, I think you'd be a great couple. And I'm praying. I had a peace. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to ask around. And I, I checked all my sources because, see, I had never been rejected ever in my life. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that because I'm a stud. That's not the case at all. I had never been rejected because I would not ask out a girl unless I knew 100% she was going to say yes. All right. I needed the inside scoop. I had spies. I got as much info as I could because I wasn't about to get rejected. And so I had asked people that, oh, yeah, yeah, she's going to say yes. Yeah, she likes you and, and all that stuff. And so, so, so I went to ask her out. And of course, I did it in the best way possible. I wrote her a note. That was probably my mistake. But anyway, I wrote her a note, told her how I felt about her. And, and again, I'd prayed about this. I'd felt a peace about it. And, and so she responded, of course, in the best way possible with an email. And so, and so I, I read the email, and, and, and I'm telling y'all, she went Dikembe Mutombo on me. She rejected me so hard, I didn't even know what happened. I was like, what? I mean, literally, in my dorm room, what? You got, I was calling my friends, man, you will not believe. She said no. They're like, what? Yeah, she just rejected me. I remember my pride was hurt. This has never happened before. I didn't know what to do. I was like, no. You know, I didn't know what was going on. I was getting mad, and I was getting frustrated. And so, of course, I'm a guy. What I do? I had to get hard. Man, forget her. She don't know what she's missing out on. Shoot. I'm a catch. I'll go find somebody else. I don't need her. She's going to reject me. Who does she think she is? I remember getting mad and upset, and I remember that I, I just had to pray. I was like, okay, God, I just need to get along with God. Because God, because I'm like, man, I prayed about this. What happened? And so I remember I started praying. I'm like, Lord, help me, because I was getting upset. I was about to call her up and tell her, you know. Luckily, I didn't, but I started praying. I remember God telling me to go read my Bible, and I went, and I opened it to my devotions where I was, and I was in Psalm chapter 21. And I'm looking for answers in the second verse I read. It says, you have granted him the desire of his heart and have not withheld the request of his lips. The moment I read that, I felt God saying, I've heard your request. I'll grant God, that don't make sense. You didn't grant it to me. She just rejected me. But God said that verse is for you. And I promise you, I wrote Jamie's name. As a matter of fact, I have that Bible in my office. I wrote her name next to that verse. But it still didn't make sense, so I kept reading. I knew that I was going to end in Psalm chapter 27. In the last verse, in Psalm chapter 27, verse 14, it says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. And then I wrote Jamie's name. This is October when this happened. The following August, almost a year later, Jamie and I started dating. I waited. And any time, had some girls, you know, some of them Jezebels trying to ask me, and I was playing. Now I'm just playing. Some of them were good girls. Anytime I started having those in interests, I went back to that Bible. And I remember how I wrote. And we, had, we, we still saw each other. And we had some, you know, arguments and some different things. And I'm looking at that. And I'm like, Lord, that's someday. Someone's like, what's that name in your Bible? I'm like, oh, let's not talk about it. But I had it there and I remembered. And I held out. And I held out and I waited. God, you've heard my request. So we started dating in August. A year after that, we got engaged. Nine months after that, we got married. Just last week, we celebrated our five-year anniversary. Yeah. God is protector. He protected my marriage. I had to look to him for direction because it didn't make sense. I had just gotten rejected. It, it didn't make sense. Can you, can you imagine if I would have dated somebody else? 
Can you imagine the damage I would have done? Because God's protection, I have wonderful marriage, five years, beautiful baby boy, Jace, year and a half. So thankful for God's protection. I'm so thankful for his direction that he protected my future marriage and family. And the reality is I could have caused a lot of damage if I went my way. If I went my way. That's why we must run to God for help and protection. We must follow his direction. Even it means we must stay in the place where we are going to be thrown into a lion's den. God knows what's best. So we must look to him for direction. Daniel was protected because he was obedient and he looked to God for direction. We must also look to God for direction for his protection. The third and final step is Daniel had faith that God would protect him. Third and final step, Daniel had faith that God would protect him. Daniel obeys God. He asks for direction. God tells him to stay. He stays. He's thrown into the lion's den. God sends an angel to shut the mouth of the lions. He protected Daniel. And listen to what the Bible says. Chapter 6, verse 23. It says the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. He obeyed God. He looked to God for direction. God said, stay. And he was put in that den. His faith was tested. His trust was tested. But he put it into practice and no wound was found on him because he had trusted God. Now, again, I don't know about you, but I would have rather not gone to the lion's den. I would have rather say, okay, God, if you're asking me to stay, that means you're about to throw some lightning bolts down. You're about to cook up some lions. When I go in there, I'm going to have lion steak and you're going to take their skins and make a big old hammock so I can just sleep and take a nap. That's what it means, right? If you ask me to stay, there's no way you're going to make me go in there and chill with some man-eating lions. I'd like steak and a hammock. But can I tell you, when he got in there, that's not what he got. He got man-eating lions looking at him face to face. The point I want to make here is that sometimes in life, we can pray and live for God, but we are still going to be put in the lion's den. And our faith is tested, and we have to trust God. To protect us. Sometimes in life we can live for God and we can pray for every day and, and still have people attack us. We can live for God and pray every day and still come face to face with a trial or threat where our faith is tested. But if we will stand firm, if we will hold on to our faith, we serve a faithful God who will protect us. Jamie and I, when Jamie became pregnant every day. Every day we prayed for Jamie's health. We prayed for Jace's health, a healthy delivery, a, a healthy pregnancy. We prayed for protection. Every day we prayed for those things. We were pastors. We were, we were living for God. We were serving God. We were honoring God in, in every way. And, and for the most part, she had an awesome pregnancy. Everything went great. I mean, it was going so good. Jace didn't want to come out the womb. I mean, little man was just chilling. He's like, it's warm in here. I don't want to come out. I'm talking, this is a week after the due date. And we're like, and finally the doctor's like, okay, look, we're going to induce. And, and so we got the date set and, and everything was great. There were no problems. And so we go into the hospital and we're, we're, you know, we're inducing. And again, everything's going smoothly. I mean, she just starts one, dilated one, two, three, four, just throughout the day progressing. You know, she got her, she got her epidural. Now she's doing really good. She's licking all lollipops. Cause I guess lollipops are what you can have when you're on epidural. I don't know. And, and so, if you know, my wife, she's like, you know, cutting it up, licking a lollipop, you know, getting ready to have a baby and, and has the epidural and, and everything is great. And she gets up to an eight, you know, and that's like the, the moment, like, okay, we're close now any moment you can hit a 10 and the baby can come and so we're excited and, and she hits an eight and for whatever reason at eight she's like 
will you go get me another lollipop? And I'm like, babe, you're at an eight. I'm like, you'd like, because it's not like around the corner. I got to go down the elevator up to the gift shop to get a lollipop. And I'm like, Jamie, no, I want to stay here. I said, you can have the baby at, at any moment. She's like, I really want a lollipop. And I'm like, and I, I was fighting her. I was like, look, I want to stay here. Can't you get somebody else to get you? She's like, please, look. And, and the nurse like, oh, no, you should be okay. She's at an eight. You know, it might take a little bit. And I'm like, all right. So I go get the lollipop, right? So, I'm, you know, I go down the elevator. I'm going to get the lollipop. And, you know, I'm calling my dad. And, like, hey, just want you to know she's at an eight. She's doing real good. She should be coming soon. And, you know, I call my mom. Hey, you know, we're, we're at an eight. And I, I buy the lollipops. And. I'm, I'm walking through the hospital, getting ready to go back upstairs, and I get a, a phone call from her mom on, on my cell phone. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Her mom was up in the room with her. And I got to a point where it was kind of staticky. So when I answered the phone, all I heard was, Jamie, emergency C-section, come up now. And I remember my heart just, like, dropping. I remember instantly, like, oh, God, please protect my wife. Please protect our son. I remember getting in the elevator, hitting the button. It's not going up fast enough. I remember praying, God, please. I get out of the elevator. I go into the room. Jamie's not even there. Her mom's there. They said his heart rate dropped dramatically. We have to go in and get him. I didn't know what was going on. I don't know if they had already started the surgery. She was not there. They had me put on these garments. They're like, you have to wait here. They're like, we can't let you in until her body's ready for the surgery. And I remember that felt like the longest couple minutes. But I also remember this. Sitting there, I remembered all the prayer. All the prayer. And all I had at that moment was my faith. God, you're faithful. That's all I kept saying. God, you're faithful. I trust you. I trust you with Jamie. I I trust you with my son. And I remember that moment. That's all I had to hold on to. And I remember just peace. I knew that when the doctor came, I just just had a peace that it was going to be okay. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But I I just know in that moment, holding on to my faith, that's all I had. And it came out. I said, don't worry, his heart rate's gone back up. We're still going to do the surgery. I was able to go in. I remember seeing Jamie scared and just coming there with her. I remember waiting there a few minutes. And then we heard the most precious cry we've ever heard in our lives. I remember just being so thankful for God's protection. For his peace, his comfort, even in that moment where I could have been freaking out, throwing things, you know, causing a... I just remember just... My faith was just enough to take me through that situation, through, through that tough time. I can imagine Daniel sitting in that lion's den, looking into the eyes of the lion, nervous, scared. And then the angel comes down, shuts the mouth of the lion. And as he's holding on to his faith, he knows God's with him, God's protecting him. See, because of our faith, God will protect us. Our faith is what we can hold on to at times. It may be the only thing we can hold on to. God is protector and he will protect us when we obey him. When we ask him for direction and we have faith that he will protect us. And I want you to know he wants to protect us. Because he's a loving father who cares for his children. Let's pray. Father, I just want to look.